Amen. You may be seated. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and I am super excited about starting 2024. Um, there is Gasparilla, but I, I think it's important if you have an opportunity sometime this Sunday or next Sunday to pray. This room is used to hold people who are uh, way too drunk, just being really honest, on Gasparilla. Um, it, this is the place where they receive medical care and some, some help that they might need um, in that moment. And so this place, these walls, this floor, these chairs that hold us up in our broken and hurting state, will be used to help others who are broken and hurting over the next few weeks. And so I pray that as you leave this place, as you have a moment of quietness in this place, that you will pray that this room is a place where people feel love and healing um, and that they can begin to, to not feel some of the shame and pain that may come from being in this room over the next um, couple of weeks. So I, I just pray that you will pray that over this room. What do you, and I want you to answer, think about this question right now, what do you want to be known for in 2024? What, if we're sitting here December 31st, 2024, what do you want other people to say about you? What do you want to be known for in 2024? I want to be known for being humble and confident. I couldn't have just one word. I want to be humble and confident. What do you, what do you want? What do you want to be known for? Do you want to no be known for, for serving other people in our community who are in need? Do you want to be known as a, as a good parent? Do you want your children to say um, mom or dad or whoever, like they are the most patient and amazing parent. They were different in 2024. Do you want to be uh, the, best, the best and most ethical worker in the place where you work? Do you want to be known for doing the right thing even when it's hard? What do you want to be known for in 2024. I want to be known for being humble and confident, but I stand here this morning and I, I let you know this, that sometimes it's hard to get from where we are right now to the place where we want to be at the end of the year, right? How in the world do we get there? So let's be honest how we get there. You have three options, okay? You have three options. Option number one is cram new things in your old life. So keep doing things the exact same way you've been doing them forever and ever and just try to do new things in them, right? Y'all keep getting up at 7.30 a.m., but also try to get an exercise or workout in. Like that's whatever. That's just your option. You can cram new things into your old life, okay? So that's option number one. Option number two is to just keep doing the same old thing because option number two honestly happens after option number one, right? We cram new things into our old life and then we're like, oh, that doesn't work. Like I can't actually get in a workout because I'm not getting up earlier, so I'm just going to keep on doing the same old thing. Like it doesn't really matter. So we just keep doing the same old things, right? So that's not going to help me become more humble or confident if I just keep living 2024 the same way I lived 2023. And then option number three is to get a new life. Get a new life. I'm, I mean like a new life. Try new things and carefully put the right old things back in place because when you get a new life, some of those old things don't have places anymore. So I'm going to give you an example from my own life. Um, Chris and I don't have the largest house in the world. We have a little ranch house and Chris and I share a closet that's smaller than any closet I've ever had in my entire life. Chris and I share it. So we share a closet that is 
literally that size of those two doors. That's the closet. Um, and so for five or six years, I've been just doing option number one, cramming new things. I'll buy new clothes, new running gear, new tennis shoes, new shoes, new dress clothes, and I just cram new things into uh, my closet. And this is what was happening. There was literally, like, my closet was beginning to, like, you know, spill over into my room. And so I had a pile in one, like a really large pile of things. Anybody do this? Like you just keep cramming new things into the old place. We literally, one of the closet doors broke off of our closet because I was trying to like cram it closed and just keep everything in. Anybody done this before? Do y'all know? Anybody's closet look like this? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Husbands, do not like elbow or, or nod. Uh, but you just keep trying to cram new things into the old way. Well, then you just start like doing the same old things, right? Like it's fine for piles to be everywhere. And I, I was like listening to this podcast and they said, your closet or your bedroom like is a, an illustration of what your mind or life looks like. And I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have like broken bones before long if I keep like cramming things in here. And so I was like, okay, we got, I've got to make a change, right? Like I've got to have a new closet. So I said, Chris, this is what we're going to do. We're going to buy a new house with a bigger closet. And he was like, you live in South Tampa. <laughs> That's not an option. <laughs> we're in this house for a long, long time. And so um, I was like, all right, then we'll just like tear out the wall and build a new closet. And he was like, no, we're not doing that. You need to figure out a new way of like organizing your stuff. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. So I called my friend Candace, who literally has the most organized house I've ever seen. Like she loves, like she gets joy out of organizing. And I said, Candace, I'm really embarrassed. I don't want you to see my stuff or what my closet looks like, but could you come over and help? And she like was so excited to come over. And I was like, I literally texted her every day the week before she came over. Please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. I'm really ashamed of how this looks. I've even broken the closet door off. She's like, it's fine. We will fix it. And so we literally pulled everything out of my closet. And she was like, you know, there was maternity stuff. There's all this stuff that I didn't need in my closet. So we like put it into a bag, um, like completely go away. And then we had a pile of like things that might stay, old things that there might be room for. And then we had things that I absolutely had to have. And then we bought these baskets for my drawers and everything. We, I found this new way to fold clothes. Do y'all know that it's called the Marie Kondo way of folding? So you like flatten, you like feel your things and you flatten it out and then you like folded in thirds and it comes in these little squares and it's just like it really does bring, <laughs> it really does bring joy like I, who knew folding clothes a new way could make you so happy it, I, I, okay I'm sorry I'm getting a little excited here but you uh, so I found new ways to do things and suddenly my stuff is organized my closet is organized in rainbow order Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. I did not think of that. Candace thought of that system, and it works so beautifully. I love the organization of it. And so I found this new way to organize my stuff and my life. And now things aren't like, you know, literally my closet was like throwing up gap at me. Like I just, I couldn't take it anymore. It had to be organized. And so I found this new way to organize things and stop cramming old things in uh, into like something new. It like just wasn't going to work anymore. And the last couple of months after doing that, it helped me realize that maybe that podcast was right. Maybe I wasn't just doing that in my closet or my room. 
Maybe I was doing that in my life. I wanted to have a new, meaningful, spiritual practice of, of reading the Bible and praying and spending time with God, but I didn't want to change anything else about my life. I wanted to be a leader that was faithful and full of integrity and, and hope and passion for the future, but I wanted to keep doing things the same old way that I had done. I continued to work out my physical body really hard. I run and I lift weights, and I was having a really hard time working out in prayer with God and reading my Bible. I was struggling a bit to figure out how to get a new life so I could be a faithful leader. Anybody here ever felt like that? If you're looking at your life right now, does it feel like things are out of place and disorganized and you just need a new life? Well, Jesus knows about this. Jesus knows about this because there was this time where he's teaching people thousands of years ago, he's teaching people who want their old life just to matter. They want to be able to keep doing the same old things, but to experience hope and life in a new and different way. And Jesus says it's just not going to work that way. Listen to, to what happens. John's disciples, so John the Baptist, um, came before Jesus and he literally was born to prepare the way for Jesus. So he's been preparing these folks for Jesus, the coming Messiah and Savior of the world. So the people who followed him, they came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Those people following you aren't fasting. Uh, how is it that we're doing this? Fasting has worked for us for thousands of years. The whole first half of the Bible tells us about people fasting and praying. That means they don't eat. They don't drink certain things. They, they eliminate things from their lives to draw closer to God. This is helping these folks draw closer to God. How is it that we're doing that and you're not asking your disciples to do that, Jesus? It's a real question, right? Some of us are standing on the, on the cusp of new life and we're like, why can everybody else not do this? Why is it so hard for me to go to the gym every day? Why is it so hard for me to make changes in my finance? Why is it so hard for me to find a new way to fold my clothes so they fit in my closet? Why is this not working for me? This is what they ask Jesus. I have read this scripture for 36 years of my life. And for 36 years, I'm like, y'all are being jerks asking terrible questions of Jesus. Like, why are you asking him that way? But I had passion for this question this week because so many of us are standing on the edge of new life and we're asking this question. Why is it so easy for everybody else to have new life and I can't get there? And this is what Jesus says. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn? How can they be sad and cry while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. There's going to be a time for you to do that. But that's not right now. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Jesus is saying to them, I bring new life. 
maybe he tells us later in in teachings like continue to fast and pray that's really important but right now is not the time to do that he's saying i bring something new in in another uh part of the of the scripture in luke when luke retells this story at the end of it jesus says everybody wants to drink the old wine anyway because it's better right so you're doing all this work to get new wine and that's not what people want anyway because we we don't know the question that we're actually asking jesus says i bring complete new life and he also models how it looks. See, these wineskins, let me explain this to you. These wineskins are, are like the skins of an animal and they literally like hold the wine to like preserve it, okay? And what happens is it starts to dry it out. And so if you use, after you've used all that old wine, these things are dry and brittle. So if you pour new wine into it, it it's like suspended. If you pour new wine into it, it's literally gonna crack open and bust open and you're gonna lose all of the new wine. So he's saying that's not going to work, like it's, it's not working. There is, there, there was a practice that we don't know about. You, you don't just get new wineskins all the time, right? What you actually do is you take the old wineskins, you soak them in oil, refresh them and make them new. And then you put the new wine into the new wineskin that's been soaked in oil. What does it look like? What does it look like? for you to let go of some of the old things that are drying you out and about to bust you open? And what does it look like to, to, to let all that stuff go and to be refreshed and experience the new life that Jesus has for us? Do you really believe? I, there was a time this week where I was like, I don't really know if I can even begin to experience this new life or believe that it is going to happen. But then I heard a story, just so you know, 2024 is not a year that you want to be a pastor because um, it's an election year and everybody's divided and you don't want to dare step on anybody's toes. And I'm like, I don't even know if our world can handle, I don't know if our country can handle one more election. Like, can we actually have new life in this world? And I heard this story where on December 14th of 2020, there were some black and brown uh, Hispanic folks with this 24-foot poster of Ella, the essential worker, and they're protesting for a higher minimum wage on the steps of the courthouse of Albany, New York. That was also the day that the state legislature was supposed to vote to certify the election for Trump. And so there also showed up some people in some red Make America Great Again hats and shirts. So, I like read this story and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's gonna be violence. I can hardly take it. They're gonna all be screaming at each other. This is gonna be terrible. And instead, do y'all wanna know what happens? They asked to help hold the essential worker because they believed that the way to make America great again would be to actually raise the minimum wage. Two groups of people who, when I shared this story, you thought this is gonna be a story of violence. No, there is new life possible. There is new wine that needs to be poured into new wineskins, but we gotta figure out how to do it and how to get there in our lives and in our world. If Make America Great Again people can help hold up Ella, the essential worker, and they can begin to work together for a new day, I believe it's possible in your life. There was a woman named Margaret Palmer. She lived right here in Tampa, Florida. 26 years ago, she read the words of Jesus in the Bible. Jesus says, visit people who are in prison. 
So she got approved to visit and she started visiting women in the Hillsborough County Jail and Prison. Then, after a few months, she became a volunteer counselor and started helping women plan for their lives after jail because you literally get released and have to figure life out after living for years in jail. She, she wanted them to, to uh, have, you know, make huge strides in their lives. She wanted them to, to learn, to commit to, to better uh, parenting. She wanted to, give, she wanted to help them give their hearts and lives to Jesus because she knew that was going to help them and make it better. She wanted to help them get away to enroll in Hillsborough Community College. But she recognized at, when she's working with a counselor, as a counselor with them, that they couldn't find housing. They struggled to find a job because they had to check a box that they had a prior conviction. And they, they had literally, in prison, climbed out of this hopeless pit of despair in jail to find themselves in another one as they prepared to start new lives outside of jail. And Margaret Palmer said, I don't want to work as a counselor transitioning anymore. I want to find a house. To put, the, to put the women in where transformation doesn't stop, but like the gospel of Jesus, this is literally her words, where transformation doesn't stop, but like the gospel of Jesus promises, the gospel of Jesus guarantees it keeps on going. Where the new life doesn't stop, but it keeps on going. And we got to have a new wineskin. we got to have new houses and a new way for these women to come into, that, into new life. So she talked to some folks. They pulled their money together and they bought a house with five bedrooms and created a faith-based program that helps women transition from life in jail to life in our community. Now, 30 years later, there are three homes and 18 women who are currently experiencing the transformational love of Jesus. Not just love that changes their lives, because he is their Lord and Savior, but love that transforms them and their circumstances because other people believe it too. The love of Jesus isn't just about our hearts and souls. It's about our hands and our feet. And it actually transforms and changes life. Hillsborough House of Hope is what it's called. They are one of our ministry partners for 2024. And you watch Data Glasser bring some toilet paper in because as these women transition from that transitional housing into permanent housing, they get a case of things that matter and that are important and that help them get there. Because this church knows that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and wants to do new life in us, but that Jesus is calling us to create some new wineskins in that world out there, and we're going to figure out what that looks like. Right here in our church, this happened too. A few years ago, a broken, sad, and exhausted woman sat before me at lunch. She told me she wasn't sure if her marriage was going to make it. A day later, my co-pastor and husband got a call from her husband, and he said, I need help. I can't stop drinking and it's killing me, my marriage, and my family. And now, today, years later, their marriage isn't perfect. But they are both healing, growing, and creating a space here for their family to grow. In fact, one of their children will be baptized coming up because on Christmas Eve she gave her heart and life to Jesus. Do y'all hear this? The God, she watched Jesus heal all things in their lives. She watched it firsthand. And she said, I want to be a part of it, and I give my heart to you. There is new wineskins right here, y'all. Can I get an amen? Amen. In May of 2023, lots of things were falling apart 
for me. Lots of things were falling apart. And a dear friend of mine and supporter of this church looked me and the old patterns of my life right in the eyes. And she said to me, you've ran your whole life. When things get hard and people start leaving or quitting or wearing down on you, you run because you've got to be the one to run first. And the same way that she has looked at dozens and dozens of women and helped them on their journey to sobriety and recovery, she put her hands on my shoulders and she looked me in the face and she said, do not dare quit before the miracle. And seven months later, here I stand more committed to shining light and igniting change than I've ever been before. Because something new happened in my heart and my life when I heard that. The old patterns couldn't hold the new thing God wants to do in me and through me and in and through this church. New life is possible. New life is possible. If you are ready to move from where you are to the next place, I want you to remember these three letters. C-M-P. C-M-P. Your new life is going to have to be Christ-centered. There's no way around it. The only person who can take your old, dry, cracked, terrible wineskins and refresh them with the oil of hope and redemption and forgiveness and restoration, the only, the only thing that can offer that is not a gym membership, it is not a marathon, it is not a triathlon, it is not a new job, it is not a better financial budget for the new year. The only way you can experience new life is if you recognize if you recognize that the oil and healing of our world is Jesus, who wants to offer you new life, your life has to be Christ-centered. It has to be mission-driven. Because when you get that new life, Jesus doesn't leave you there. He changes your hands and your feet and your heart and your mouth. Everything about you is going to change. And you're going to be driven on a mission to see other people transform. It's what Margaret Palmer did. It's what happened in the lives of people in our church. It's what happens when we give our lives to Jesus. We become mission-centered, and we become praise-based. We sing about the goodness of God. We sing, hey, bud, how's it going? (laughs) Um, We sing about the goodness of God every chance we get. We see beautiful, wonderful, amazing children in here and we give praise to God that they have a a safe place in this church, right? Our lives become praise-driven. We remember of the goodness and faithfulness of God for years and years. We become praise-based. If you're ready for a new life, it's CMP. Christ-centered, mission-driven. Thank you so much. I'm going to hold this. Do you want to stand right here with me while I finish? I'm going to dance in my head. You want that in your home. I hear you, buddy. Can you say Christ-centered? Christ-centered, mission-driven, praise-based. Amen. Can we pray together? Woo! That's awesome. Thank you, Dion. You want to pray? Yes, very good. All right, let us pray together. God, we are so thankful for Jesus who centers our lives, who gives us new wineskins. We are so thankful for the mission that you have called us to to shine your light and ignite your change. And we are so thankful, God, that we can praise you for your goodness and faithfulness in our lives. Amen.